Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chip again. I hope you're doing well. Sitting on the porch listening to the birds and wind blow today. And uh, today I'm doing a topic on the calling. Don't know why. Well, I do know why. The Lord has put it on my heart. But I don't know who it's supposed to be to. Um, the calling. How many of us have the calling to preach or or teach or do something involved with the ministry? Are you struggling with whether you should do it or looking for signs how to get involved? You know, in my in my walk I've come across some Preachers that I'll say were rather questionable, I I guess is a term to say. Um, People that just feel like they're called to preach and they just jump up and start preaching and go do it and they don't have the the backing of the church or um, an education. And... um, and of course, I've heard it said that education doesn't make a preacher. You're right, it doesn't. It doesn't. But knowing the Bible does, and knowing God's Word does. And the apostles were trained at the Academy of Jesus firsthand. And um, Apostle Paul was trained by Jesus and nurtured by the apostles and they helped him along the way and then in the first second century you get to reading even more and more these these apostles i mean these uh ministers in the early church they spent time learning from their mentors being trained and prepared and learning the languages, digging deep into God's Word to be equipped to do His business. And um, a lot of them lost their lives for it. But today, I think an education is even more important than it was then. You see, there's so many things that are different about when the words were written than how they're applied today. Like, you just need to know that, like, the book of Luke and Acts used to be one book. And um, they were written written by Luke the physician, you know. He was uh, recording the history and writing. Um, Other books like James by Jesus' brother, Jude his brother. And the Apostle John wrote John and his epistles and the Revelation. Things that help you put things in context. Hebrews was written to the Hebrew people that were in the diaspora. 
um, the Old Testament, all the different things that go into the Old Testament, the old prophets, uh, the major prophets, the minor prophets, the Pentateuch, the oldest complete book in the Old Testament is the book of Job. The oldest books in the Bible are the first four chapters of Genesis. Things that people may think don't matter, but they do matter. So if, you, if you're called into the ministry, you should equip yourself to be a good minister. You know, if you go, if you're sick, uh, say you broke your arm, it's all messed up, bones sticking out, and you go to the doctor and he sits you down and he says, well, we're going to have to do surgery to fix this, and he gets a tray of tools out, and gets the nurses in there and says, well, let's hold him down, and he said, and you say, well, doc, um, how long you been doing this? I don't know. It's my first one on these. Well, what do you mean? Didn't you go to medical school? No, I just felt called to be a doctor. So um, you're going to be my first one that I get to set the bones back. So we're going to hold you down. Here we go. I mean, how would you like that? The same thing with a mechanic. Or how about a lawyer? Major, major thing you're going through, divorce or something. A lawyer says... Now, I'd stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so uh, I'm qualified to be a lawyer. But we should be able to get through this. Don't worry. Is that the way you want the guy that's handling your soul? Or he's not handling your soul, but trying to help you find salvation? Encouraging you in life? How to live and grow? You... You want it to be somebody that's, I don't know, I just woke up this morning and I thought, you know, preachers make good money, so I think I'll be a preacher. And yes, <laughs> yes, there are people that do that. They do that. Um, so about your calling, you know, I looked up an article and I found this article on Martin Lloyd James. He was a English pastor. And he had six uh things that should help you discern whether you got a legitimate call to ministry. But the first thing he says is if there's anything else a man can do other than preach, he ought to do it. The pulpit is no place for him. The ministry is not merely something an individual can do, but it's what he must do. To enter the pulpit, that necessity must be laid upon him. A God-called man, he believed, would rather die than live without preaching. i tell you what. That is the gospel truth. That is the gospel truth. I sit and watch preachers preach on Sunday, and I just want to get up there and preach with them. You know, I just, so much I want to say to people. So much, I want them to have the desire and the, to learn and to, to, to hear what God's laid on my heart to tell them. 
He said, preachers are born, not made. You will never teach a man to be a preacher if he's not already one. It took me years to answer God's calling, and I felt it. But I had to wait on my time of playing around, and he waited on me to get serious. Here's his... Uh, his things. He said, There must be an inner compulsion within the one called to preach. There must be a consciousness within one's own spirit, an awareness of pressure being brought to bear upon your spirit, an irresistible impulse. That's true. That's true. I experienced it for years. God nudging me in the direction and pulling on me. I was... Like my buddy Bird would say, I had provenient grace going before me for years and years and years. And second, there will be an outside influence. That means people nudging you, guiding you, encouraging you to go into the ministry. And you think, for me, I kept saying... Nah, I don't want to be a preacher. And everybody's like, man, you're so good at it. You know, you got this. You you love it. You History or... Nah, I don't want to be a preacher. That's not for me, you know. I can't get up. And, and just on and on. And finally, finally, I just had to do it. The third one, it says, they'll experience a loving concern for others. God gives to the one chosen to preach an overwhelming compassion for the people. Oh, a consuming, the Holy Spirit imparts a consuming desire for the spiritual welfare of others. The true call will always include a concern about others and interest in them, a realization of their lost estate and condition. And to tell them the message and point them in the way of salvation. You know, that is so true. I just can't get people to love the Lord and the Word like I do. It doesn't matter how how hard I try and beat my head against the wall, but I don't stop trying. It says, fourth, um, there's a sense of constraint. It feels hemmed in to do his work. And as though God will not let him be released from his duty to preach, there is nothing else he can do but pursue this inner drive to preach. Necessity is laid upon him. And he must preach regardless of what others say. He must minister the word no matter what obstacles must be overcome. Connie, can I get an amen on that one? I think you know me well enough. And on that one, I'm going to say, you know, I've got some friends that... Let me just say this tiptoe carefully. They have given up churches some have given up their calling but see 
some that have given up their churches haven't given up in the ministry. They've, they've decided to serve God in a different way, ministering to people in different ways. They still have the desire to get people to the Lord. But there are people that I know who once were who once were good pastors, ministers that have walked away for whatever problems and issues, bitterment, uh, angry at establishments and things, and they've walked away. In my opinion, they have abandoned and turned their back on the calling that God put on them. These people are now in secular jobs. Uh, last one of them I heard was selling insurance. Now, I talked to a friend about this this morning, and he said, well, what, are they still encouraging people to be saved and guiding them towards the Holy Spirit and the Lord? And I said, we all do that. We're all called to share the gospel But a pastor is called to a higher calling. And to abandon God and to go into selling insurance, you're not... You're chasing the money instead of your spiritual kingdom. Um, I don't know. It's just my opinion. I can't see myself doing anything else. Um, it's just, I love it. It's what I do. I'm just glad the Lord's had grace on me. Well... Fifth, says the guy who preaches comes under a sobering humility. He realizes the deep sense of his own personal unworthiness. For such a high and holy task, and is often hesitant to move forward to preach for fear of his own inadequacies. Though he is compelled to preach, he is at the same time fearful of doing so. He is sobered by this weighty assignment to speak on behalf of God. He trembles at the stewardship entrusted to him and accountability that comes with it. I can't tell you how nervous I am when I get in a pulpit. How much I pray to God to give me the strength to say the things that He's laid upon my heart. 
Maybe it's why doing a podcast is a little different than preaching in a church. Preaching in a church, you're you're looking at the eyes of all the people that are critiquing you. Expectations. I've often said and I tell people it's, it's like looking at a bunch of <laughs> turtles on logs in a pond. You can see them in the pond. You can see their eyes and their heads, but they just got that look like, what are you going to do next? They're just sitting there enjoying the sun. It's interesting. There's nothing I'd rather be doing. I just don't understand how... It's not for me to understand. I'm doing what I feel led to do and called to do. and I'm going to keep doing it. And the last one he had, the, uh, Lloyd... Jones said that there must be a corporate confirmation to the one called to preach. You must be observed and tested by others in the church. He said that preachers are sent, which he understands to mean a formal commissioning by sending by sending church. The leaders of the church examine the qualifications and the ones set apart to preach and affirm the validity of this call. Hands must laid upon him in recognition of what God is doing in his life. Isn't that true? How many times have you seen the ordination of a church, ordination of a deacon or a preacher, and the people lay hands on us? It's a, it's a great great um, humble experience Romans 10 13 through 15 says for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent, as it is written? <clears throat> how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. God, it's beautiful. But Timothy says, in Second Timothy one six through nine. He says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace 
which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Man. If you're called, listen to the voice. If you're thinking about getting into it for the money, you got the wrong reason at heart. If you've got out of it for some illegitimate reason, you better get back into it. Because the battle is strong and the Lord needs us all. He needs us all today more than ever. There's a war waging between good and evil and it's not looking good these days. <clears throat> we need all the help we can get. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless. I don't know who God laid this on my heart to speak for today. Maybe just for me. I'm sure somebody needed to hear it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His countenance shine upon you. Amen.